God always honors the faithful. Be strong in your faith. One of the most important gifts that I feel that the Salty Pastor can give to each and every one of you are skills and weapons to prepare you for every challenge to your faith in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, the Salty Pastor is here. Our mission is to give you all the tools you need to grow a powerful and dynamic faith. What you believe is one of the most important things about you. And when you know what you believe, why you believe it, then your faith can really grow strong and powerful. My name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host. Let's welcome our guide, our coach, our sage, our all-around good guy. <laughs> Our very own Salty Pastor, Dr. Douglas Peak. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you here today. You know, I was thinking about our audience the other day, the people that are listening. How attractive they are. How how incredibly smart and attractive they are. They're so amazing. (laughs) That audience? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Well, and I was thinking, you know, the people who listen to the Salty Pastor, it's, you know, it's a growing group of people, which I'm really uh, amazed at. But they they seem to have a lot in common, and some of the things they have in common is they're people who want to think for themselves. Mm. You know, they they really want to look at what's going on in the world and say, it doesn't matter what other people are telling me to do. I've got to know for myself. I can't know everything. I can't know everything. But I can think for myself by developing some mental skills, and I can get a perspective on life that will guide me kind of like a compass, through all of these, because you can't you can't know everything there is to know about everything, right? This is just not possible, right? And so they want a perspective on life that no one else is really talking about to develop this compass. And I think that's really what the salty pastor is about. It's about a perspective on how to navigate this world that is rooted first and foremost in biblical truth, meaning authentic reality. It's rooted in an accurate portrayal of history. Sometimes we can look back at history and just see whether or not these biblical, uh, authentic principles are accurate or not. And then in philosophy and even science. And so they're like, yeah, we're, we're not afraid of science and philosophy, history. Uh, we believe that all of these things are woven together because in essence, I guess you could say that if something is absolutely true, all truth is God's truth, mm. right? Because God is truth. Right. So I think one of the things is that people really love to think for themselves. And that's what the salty pastor is all about, is helping people by sharing a perspective that nobody else is sharing. Absolutely. So we want you to start off this new year strong. Yes. We want you to get back on track to living and becoming the person Jesus is growing you to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why we're here to help you develop your own personal spiritual growth plan. Yes. Through this back on track series. And Mm -hmm. so um, on Tuesday, we jumped into the first chapter of James um, and we, we really kind of dove into most of the, like the first 18 verses, basically. Yes. You wanted to pair some of the other stuff with chapter two. Yes. Um, but where should we start today? Well, remember the biblical principles that we covered a quick review on Tuesday. And that is, is that it starts off by saying you need to build the right attitude to face trials and changes in your life. You're going to face lots of, uh, different trials. You're going to face lots of changes, Trying to figure out who you are and where you fit in this world is not an easy task. It's necessary, but it's not an easy task to do that. You, you have to do it, though, because if you don't, the price, the sacrifice you make is immense. And mm. we don't have time to talk about that too much. But just simply that, that you're going to be faced with trials of many kinds. They're go- you're going to encounter them as you go through life. And so you have to have the right attitude. 
And part of building this right attitude is realizing that suffering and tribulation is not God's fault. So we don't blame God. God's not tempting us or doing evil in our lives to, like we're some pawn that needs to be whipped into shape. It's the, what we're supposed to do is ask God for wisdom. So just because you go through bad times doesn't mean you're going to learn from them or grow from them. Mm. You have to ask God for wisdom. And that's basically saying, God, what can I learn from this? How can I become a better person? Uh, how am I going to you know, develop or grow? How can I avoid this in the future? Uh, then he talks about how you need to put your faith in the right things. He says, the brother in lowly circumstance should glory in his exaltation. And what he's talking about here is that we put our faith in Jesus. We, we live in America, so we're all wealthy, regardless of where you think you are on the ladder. If you live in America, you're wealthy. Mm. And you need to put your faith in Jesus and not in wealth. And then as he got to the end there of uh, that passage, it's we have to do or act according to what we believe and know to be true. We have to understand the existential nature of transformational growth. Well, what does that mean? Well, you simply can't just hear about something or dream about being different Uh you actually have to do something. You have to take a step, do something. That's called an existential uh, uh, realization. An existential thing means something that it extends outside of you. So you got to take what's going on up here and in here and actually take, meaning your brain and your heart, and take a step in the real world. And this is the power of routines. You see, this is why you have routines, because these are existential steps that you're taking for the purpose of transformational growth. So that's really what we dug into. And I think those are really important and critical. I agree. Um, but I guess the thought I have is we love. You have a thought? I have a thought. I'm allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed to have a thought. Pastor, we encourage free thought. Um <laughs> My question is this, we uh, as a Salty Pastor podcast and as the audience, the very attractive, intelligent people that they are, they want practical steps. So we have these foundations that James has given us. James yes. as a whole is a very practical book just in general, but yes. I'd like you to take some of these principles we've been talking about and give us some practicality in today's world. Well, just in a general sense, I, I really want you to develop this skill and its perspective, okay? And here's the skill of perspective in this regard, and that is, number one, you have to tell yourself, life is filled with trials, and I must expect them. Mm. They shouldn't be surprises. I shouldn't be shocked. I shouldn't be discouraged. I should expect them. I should expect trials and tribulations of many kinds or various kinds. Now, the next question is, is, well, are there any categories of various kinds? And this is where wisdom is super important. So sharpen your skills of wisdom, meaning expand your knowledge, develop the skill of, of, of expanding your knowledge of history and philosophy. You don't have to be a scholar about it, but just kind of get a sense. Don't listen to somebody else tell you what is, but start working through it yourself. So we can expect 
that because evil exists in this world and it has tainted my heart. This is a biblical truth over and over again. Then I am going to face a lot of personal trials and tribulations. Mm. Okay. So when you're 20 years old, you've grown up, you could grow up in the healthiest family or the most dysfunctional family. It doesn't matter. In your 20s, you want to kind of push out on your own and you want to really expand and try new things and find your way in this world, you know, and kind of be out independent and on your own, which is awesome. And so you make a bunch of decisions and some of them are good or some of them are bad, but you're like, oh, that's just not a big deal without realizing that stage pushes you to 30s. And in your early 30s, sometimes for women, it starts around 28, 29. For guys, it can start as late as 32. But what you start to do is you're faced with why you made the bad decisions that you did. <laughs> in other words, it's not until you hit 30 where you start to deal with your own junk. Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just I'm looking at the camera. <laughs> I don't believe you, Pastor. <laughs> so, and why is that? Well, because evil exists in the world. It's tainted my heart. And I grew up in a family, and there's no such thing as a perfect family, a perfect human being. And you're going to face personal trials, especially when you hit 30. Mm. You know, you're going to have to deal with your stuff. And so that's going to affect you. If you ignore it or medicate it or run from it, then you're going to struggle, right, right, throughout the next stages of your life. You'll get stuck there. So first and foremost, because evil exists in the world, I'm going to have personal trials. I'm going to have to face my own capacity for self-destruction. I'm going to have to face my own uh, procrastination, irresponsibility, lack of following through, dishonesty with myself and people around me. Uh, we all have these things to some extent, and you have to deal with them because they will become, they are personal trials. Secondly, the other personal trials that you're going to have to deal with in life is because we have an extensive historical record, we can be assured that we are going to face existential living or political trials. Mm. You know, we, all you have to do is read history and not a lot of it to realize that in 7,000 years of recorded human history, there's only been 238 years of peace. Mm. Peace is something we all talk about. It's the dream of every contestant in Miss Universe but the bottom line is it is the most elusive thing. And human beings are almost incapable of finding it and then creating it and ultimately sustaining it. This is why Jesus is the Prince of, of peace. peace. Only God can do this. But, and it's just proven by reading history. So what does this mean? Well, you should expect, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're going to face political trials. Right? You're going to have political uh, persecution. The, the great thing about uh, America and our hope is, is that the political you know, persecution that you receive is super small in its intensity. It's nothing like what's happening in India right now. There's a Hindu purge happening in India right now where all these Hindus in league with the government are coming through. They're arresting pastors. They're burning churches. You never hear about this stuff in America. And the reason why is because it doesn't fit a, a narrative that our press has. In China right now, the most massive crackdown on the church is happening in China right now. Xi Jinping and the CCP is the most brutal totalitarian uh, state right now in the world 
behind, well, you could argue about North Korea and a few others. Right. But it's pretty bad over there. And they are decimating Christians. They are arresting Christians right and left. They're going in there. They're ejecting uh uh, foreigners, you know, German citizens, South African citizens, American citizens, anybody that has lived there for a while and has any any uh, inclination that they might be a Christian in any way, shape, or form. And so there's a massive purge happening there right now. There is a tremendous persecution along the southern uh, boundary of the Sahara Desert in North Africa. Africa, about 50, 60 years ago, about 3% of Africa was Christian. Today, it's over 50%. But all of that is below the Sahara Desert. And so okay. what is happening is the Islamic tribes that are nomadic, uh, they tend to be shepherds, are pushing down south. And what they're doing is they are kidnapping uh, girls and forcing them into marriages, girls as young as 10, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. They're murdering, killing. They're just going through because they're trying to wipe out Christianity. And so the point is, is that these are examples of extensive political persecution. It is present. Mm -hmm. So don't be surprised if you're going to face political persecution. You are. And uh, hopefully it's something that can be resolved in the courts in America, but don't be surprised if it isn't right. and it gets worse. Uh, so, uh, thirdly, because we have a philosophical bent uh, or a philosophical understanding, we can discover the bent of our society right now. What philosophical principles are primary in our society right now? And what we're going to see is we're going to face many trials surrounding the nature of what it means to be a human. This is what the entire... Uh, abortion debate is about. This is what transgender debate is all about. This is what same-sex marriage is all about. Is At its core, these are all debates over what is the authentic nature of what it means to be a human being. Mm. This is what critical race theory is all about. This is what uh, the social theory of the Frankfurt School is all about. This is what Marxism in communism and socialism, all about revolve around the debate over what is the nature of what it means to be a human being. It, it's uh, everything to do with our sexuality, uh, whether a person who was born a male can say, I am now a female, and if that's actually true or not. Uh, finally, because of the philosophical bent of our society right now, we can see that we're going to suffer trials of many kinds when it comes to the nature of truth and whether or not it exists. Mm. So we're going to see this over and over again. I, I think most people, uh, regardless of their political persuasion, thinks that our society has gone off the rails. However, this is a downstream occurrence. What we are seeing today is a result of what was taught and seeded into our culture 50 40, even 30 years ago. It, it started in our public and private universities. That's where it started. And then it has filtered down primarily through our media at all levels, journalism, and then it is now ensconced in our public education system. And so I think we have to realize that a lot of things are really starting uh, to present themselves in, in that regard. I, I, here's a couple things that I'd like 
to mention is that uh, in Fairfax County Public School, a board member, Abrir Omish, forcefully opposed a resolution honoring the victims of the 9-11 attacks. Okay, on 9-11, 3,000 Americans were killed, okay? And he says uh, he opposed simply a resolution to honor the victims, okay? Because his father was on the board of the mosque that the 9-11 hijackers attended, okay? Mm. Did you hear that? So the 9-11 hijackers, if I can get that word out, attended a mosque, and Omiesh's father was on the board of that mosque. And here he is, a school board member uh, on the Fairfax County School Board. Is that a problem? No, not necessarily. But he is opposing a resolution honoring the victims of 9-11. So that just goes to show you, hmm. So uh, the, the other thing that Fairfax, I mean, Fairfax County Public Schools is really struggling. But they shelled out $32 million in bonuses to teachers for their extraordinary contributions and sacrifices. Well, man, I'm excited about giving teachers a bonus for the call of duty. Um, But what it was is they used funds that were designed to make schools safe, and they closed the schools (laughs) instead of using the funds to make it safe for kids to return to school. Uh, uh, L.A. School District implements a vaccine mandate for all eligible students, even though there's no scientific basis that students, you know, people under 18 years of age should be. Now, will that come out in the future? Maybe. I don't know. But all I can tell you right now is the uh, all the science says you probably shouldn't be vaccinating kids right now. Uh, the biggest thing is in California, the education school board there uh, or the education board has adopted a new ethnic curriculum. And in it, it it forces all students. This is required courses. And in it, you're required to pray, say a prayer to an Aztec God mm. in this ethnic studies. And this is what they're doing. Uh, the University of Kansas uh, student body president and head of the student senate tweeted out uh death to america <laughs> so i i get these are just crazy little things I, they're anecdotal i know that but i think that what's happening is that more and more things in our institutions that were designed to protect the core values and principles of america right uh ha- have just basically been completely polluted and undermined within the public systems. Uh, I went back to Harvard uh, campus to visit. I was on a trip back through Boston. It was a lot of fun. And when we were there, just the history of Harvard is absolutely amazing. And that is, many people don't know this. I took pictures of uh, verses that are inscribed in massive text up there on the buildings of Harvard. They're Bible verses about truth and righteousness and justice. And people don't realize is that it was founded to train ministers. It was a seminary to train people in the Christian faith. And you go there today and Harvard has expelled 
Christian groups from meeting on their campus because they won't allow LGBTQ plus and atheists on the leadership boards of these groups. Mm. They're, they're not saying people like this can't come. They're just saying, well, we wouldn't make them a leader of our group, you see. And so they're expelled. The, the, the chaplain at university right now is an avowed atheist. This is so. What has happened is these ideological groups went in, and Harvard was a training ministers for over a hundred years before the cancer of this ideology came in. And then over time, it has just stolen Harvard and taken it in a totally different direction to where it is the primary uh, fighter against Christianity and the core values on which our nation was founded. So I think it's really important to understand. I'm, I'm throwing these things out so that you can say, look, our society has gone off the rails for a reason. It mm. didn't happen by accident. It happened by an intentional process over decades, incrementally taking over the institutions and eradicating Christian thought, Christian ideas, Christian truth. It's principle of truth and and righteousness and justice in trying to eradicate as much of that as it could and it's been effective so i think these are some things that we just need to be aware of i don't think we should be afraid of it but you know if you go to a public university or any of your university uh and christian universities today aren't aren't any guarantee uh, if you go to gonzaga right now you're going to go up there and you're going to get a whole dose of critical race theory and all this silliness but we have to be aware that we are going to suffer or, or actually not suffer maybe a, a better way to say it is experience trials and tribulations mm. of various kinds in these areas and so because evil exists in the world we're going to face it because uh, within ourselves because uh we have a a historical record we're going to face it politically because we know the philosophical bent of our and we understand philosophy we're going to face it in these other things finally like i just showed anecdotally we're going to face it in our institutions as well so as we're wrapping up for today um what should we kind of do about this i mean are we supposed <laughs> to just kind of sit and say okay we're going to experience trials let's just sit here and take our take our punishment or our like trial. Eeyore? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen anyways. Well, the best thing to do is grow strong in your faith, right? Um, no matter how dangerous the world gets, you know, no matter if you're on a hunt, no matter how dangerous the hunt is going to be, what do you do? You train and you prepare for it. God always honors the faithful. Be strong in your faith. One of the most important gifts that I feel that the Salty Pastor can give to each and every one of you are skills and weapons to prepare you for every challenge to your faith in your life. Uh, according to James, you're going to uh, encounter these things. They come in all shapes and sizes. So what I'm attempting to do to the best of my ability is to help you develop skills, not mental, not just mental skills, but routine and habit skills in order to expand your knowledge that allow you to navigate every single one of these challenges and trials and tribulations with strength 
and confidence and courage. These are biblical truths, meaning they are authentic reality truths. They represent the world in an authentically real way, and they have stood the test of time for thousands of years and proven to be true over and over again. So when discovered for their true nature and applied to life, the harvest in your life is amazing. So are we growing, as we're growing stronger in faith, James is kind of built on this premise of community. How important is that in in this whole process? Well, that's a big part of the gift is that this is just an opportunity to grow as an individual. It's also important for me to give you a gift of affirmation, and that comes in community. Affirmation is a principle that other people, not just God, believe in you. And here's something that's really important for every listener of the salty pastor. Because my faith is in Jesus Christ, I can believe in you without equivocation. What I mean is human beings let us down all the time. I let myself down all the time. So in order to believe in you and affirm you, I need something outside of myself and something outside of you, something bigger than us. It has to be personal. It can't be some mystic power, magic, or unseen force that you learn how to manipulate. It has to be personal and available to all. And what that means is it has to be Jesus, a God who cares, who is involved, personally involved, and working towards your ultimate good. Because of this, I can believe in you. I believe in what you are becoming and can become and what you can do. Because it doesn't depend on your perfection or your wittiness, or your wisdom or skills. It depends upon the living God, Jesus Christ, who is willing to work within you for his good pleasure. So I can believe in you, and I can affirm you, and community can affirm you for every good thing that Christ is doing in your life. And it's a way to say, you can do it. You can become that person that is waiting for you in Christ. It's calling to you. You should long for it and pursue it because it is the greatest trajectory your life will ever take. And most importantly, it makes you strong. It makes you mature. It makes you complete. And that's how you go through facing every trial and tribulation in life. So if we live according to these principles, how will it turn the tide? Well, I I think what it does is that your personal harvest begins to become very attractional to everyone else. Mm. When you follow these biblical principles, guess what? You start producing a harvest of fruit in your life. So the the one thing I want to do as a salty pastor is I want to celebrate every person who is reaping a harvest in their lives. Now, you know, Paul wrote in Galatians chapter six, chapter six, He says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that is what he reaps. Now, this is often read as an admonition or a warning. You know, it's got a little bit of a negative Mm. feel to it. You know, when anybody ever says that. Be careful. Yeah, you better be careful. You're going to reap what you sow or don't be stupid. It's always a warning of something not to do. But what people don't realize is that in chapter five, at the very end of the chapter, Paul says, if you sow unto the flesh from the flesh, you will reap destruction. But if you sow unto the spirit from the spirit, you will reap life. And then he goes in verse 22, the fruit of the spirit, meaning when you sow unto the spirit, this is the fruit in your 
life. He says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and a whole bunch of other really incredible things. So I want to celebrate with each and every person all the positive things that you reap when you sow to the spiritual side in your life. When, when you sow to the spiritual side in your life and you start to reap a harvest of greater joy and happiness personally because you're overcoming the stuff that you're having to deal with in your own life in your 30s, I celebrate with you. It's awesome. If you're, if you're applying the biblical principles of how to love your husband, how to love your wife, and you're, you're reaping a harvest of peace and joy in your marriage, man, I celebrate that with you. If you take these biblical principles of Jesus Christ and you go out and you start a business and you dedicate your business to honoring God and you follow, you apply the principles of integrity and treating people properly, and then you sell your business for $50 million. Hallelujah. I celebrate (laughs) with you, you know, go enjoy the fruit of your labor. It doesn't matter what what it is when you are successful because you're reaping a harvest of righteousness. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't be embarrassed. Embrace it as an affirmation for reaping according to the Spirit of God what you have sown to Him in faith and in your own life. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Pastor. We are really excited to hear what you're going to be talking about on Sunday. And we love to hear what you guys are talking about um, in the comments on our videos. Um, Just from Tuesday's episode, we have Jen Frisky saying she loves that perspective, that uh, God didn't take them away or that God didn't bring these evil things on us, talking about the the, um, people being taken away in death. Um, but it's instead evil from the evil one. Also, she wants to know why I was so dressed up on Tuesday. That was because I had an event that I was working that night. So I just felt like looking good, Jen. Am I not allowed? (laughs) He Uh, was looking good. And then when he says, great message, guys, thank you. So we really enjoy reading your guys' comments. So um, leave us some comments on YouTube. Or if you use Apple Podcasts, you can leave comments there. Um, If you are listening on any other format, you can't. But uh, you can send us an email to uh, info at foothills.org or um, just walk up to us and tell us how much you love it at church. That's also fine too. So yes, awesome. we appreciate you guys joining hey, invite us here. Some, invite your friends to church this Sunday because we're going to start the first installment on how to write a spiritual growth plan for your life. Yes. And this is a great, very practical way to start moving forward in this new year. So it kind of applies to everyone. It's not going to be overly um, high minded where someone who's new may kind of be like, oh, this is just too intense for me. This is very practical steps of Mm -hmm. this is how you can grow in your faith. So invite someone to church, invite them to listen to the Salty Pastor, and we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church. Blessings.